Welcome, dirty peasants, to episode 22 of the Warwood Gazette podcast. This week we'll be talking about Amphibia Season 1, Episode 13, Broken Punishment and Trip to the Archives. I'm your host, Thimbaticon, and joining me today we have Nick. Hello. Chuck. Hi. Uzbix. Hello. New to the show, we have Rad. And also new to the show, we have Pixel. I'm uh, not Pixel, Pickle. Hi. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no news this week. But we're we're in September. We're getting We're in the end game now. Yep. Every day yeah. we get closer. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we're definitely getting a trailer. Maybe, maybe I'm being too hopeful, but like, maybe within I, the next two weeks, for the next, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna put my bet out there. Well, we're gonna get episode titles. Oh yeah, episode titles. Those will come out. Those will come out. My money is on a month before the trailers. I'm guessing is gonna be like the episode titles and trailers. I'm guessing will come. I'm guessing that the episode titles will come first, and then the trailer will be like a week before. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. That, that's how it's usually Basically. gone before, right? But I just feel yeah. like, just with how season three has already been treated, I just feel like maybe we're in for a couple of surprises here. But uh, I mean, honestly, maybe I, I am leaning towards just being the same routine. But like, I just want to be too surprised if like we got some unexpected turnarounds. Forty episodes for season three. <laughs> Stop! Don't maybe, don't tease us. A good time, John. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Don't jinx us and we'll end up with like six. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't. I would panic. I was like, <laughs> so I guess to start things off, I think we can go right into croak and punishment. So, Croak and Punishment was written by Gloria Shen, storyboards by Aaron Austin and Anna Yobi, and directed by Bert Yoon. And animation is by Cyram Animation. So, the episode starts off with Anne admiring the sunset, and then Sprig comes, shows up to show her the moon shell he found. So, then all the planners and Anne all take like, the time to admire it, but then eventually Hop-Hop mentions that they've got to do some chores, such as clean messy stable. So before Sprig and Anne uh, go head off, like Anne questions Sprig's judgment about leaving the, the blue moon shell out in the open, but then Sprig like, explains that he trusts his community and whatever, so then Anne doesn't press, press, doesn't press the issue on him, they grab their, their hazmat masks, and then they head over to do their chores. They come back later, and then they discover that the moonshell is no longer on that fence post. So Sprig naturally starts freaking out because he was going to give it to Ivy for her birthday. But then Anne decides to try and follow, like, look for clues and try and figure out where it went. So. She wants to become like she wants to become a cop, and then Sprig doesn't know understand the concept of a cop. So then, like Anne shows 
spring all of the her cop show TV cop shows on her phone somehow. I guess she had them all downloaded. So then eventually they get their I, th- I believe they're caterpillar mustaches or just mustaches. Put them on, they head into the grub and go. They uh they interrogate that uh I guess that teenage frog cashier guy. So the plan is that Anne is a good cop and Sprig is a bad cop, but Sprig naturally is too uh, kind-hearted to ever like sink to that level of anger. So then Anne has to pull him aside, give him an, basically an anti-pep talk, and like rile him up about what's at stake, like, the love of his life at age 10. <laughs> so then... Sprig embraces his inner his inner cop and starts interrogating this cashier essential worker. It's normal stuff. And then eventually, like the cashier mentions that only uh Maddie's dad, uh I forgot his first name, but it's like I think Mr. Flower. Uh he's the only one who uses like the string that they found at the planner home. So they head over to like Maddie's house pretty much. And then <laughs> Sprig pretty much interrogates him as well, uses the apron as like the bargaining the bargaining chip, and then eventually like uh Flower reveals his uh like list of c- clients. So they basically track that down again a montage of like Sprig causing property damage and entering without a warrant. So then once they go through the list and all the townsfolk, they uh, the last name of the list is Gunt is Gunter or was it Gunther? Gunther. So then Gunther just recently moved in, so Sprig finds that finds that finds that very suspicious, and at this point is a little bit uh, uh hesitant after seeing what Sprig has done, but they still and the house looks kind of like kind of shady, but they still go in regardless. So they start trashing the place, and then Gunther seems like a, like a nice guy. And then eventually, it's revealed that he's a southern tusked frog, so that he grows like to like Hulk level size and starts like chasing after them. And literally says that he's gonna kill them. <laughs> but it's fine; they they survive. That's that's how you get past censors. But uh, eventually, like the towns, none of the townsfolk are gonna help them out after what they've done throughout the day. So then Sprig eventually realizes that he has to become a good cop. And then he, he apologizes to Gunther and then like diffuses this de-escalates the situation with donuts. And you know, everything seems swell until like Gunther doesn't like licorice donuts, he chases them. So then after that, it just it cuts back to Anne and Sprig approaching the house. And then they find that the moon shells is basically at the door, and then it's revealed that Ivy uh Ivy like found it earlier, and she decided to like cl- take it and clean it and then bring it back. But then at the same time, like Sprig like takes this moment just to give her her early birthday present. But then Ivy insists on leaving it on the planner door or beside the planner door since it's like shiny. And then she'll it's like it's a sweet moment where like Ivy just like hangs it there so she knows she's close by. So we got a cute Sprivy moment. Anne is us. 
and then eventually the segment basically ends with uh, Sprig declaring that like she that she st- not only did she steal the, the blue moon shell, that she also stole his heart. So that's Croken Punishment, and I thought this was just a just a fine episode. Like like every episode of Amphibia is like hilarious. This is not an exception. I like how. What kind of confused me is that I, you would have thought that Anne would have been the bad cop, because we all know, like, how, I guess, how sweet Sprig is, but I guess for the sake of the, the story, that we had to have Sprig in this, we had to see this side of Sprig, the obsessive side, I guess. I guess, Nick, what, what were your thoughts on this episode? Honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't have like much to say myself, but like, I do agree with you. And it's, it's funny when it tries to be. Um, it's pretty fun to see this side of Sprague because, like, we we don't often, I mean, we don't often get to see this from him. But like, I guess seeing an anger prone Sprague, it did lead to some funny moments. But like, just some parts, I'm just, I'm just thinking, Jesus, Sprague, like, you need to calm down. But I don't know, I mean. I just don't have a ton. This, I just, I just feel like this is one of those episodes where you're just like, oh yeah, that was fun, and then like you don't really have much to say on it later, and that's just how I'm feeling right now. It's, it's pretty nice because I guess you can say that sort of further develops Ivy's relationship with Sprig because like the seeds are being planted there, you know, when we get a chance. But like, all in all, I, th- I think this is just it's just it's a fine episode. Like, there's just not much to say about it. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's not a lot. It's not too much you can cover. But I guess, Uzbeks, what, what were your thoughts on this episode? I liked I thought it was very funny. I liked there was the Muppety Sprig a couple of times. Um, this sort of overdramatic. His overdramatic reactions to Ivy. Um. I thought the designs with like the slicked hair and the mustaches, those were sort of fun. And aggressively trashy cop show was very funny. Like the little cutaway to that stuff he was watching. I liked Gunther. I thought he was a fun, like, you know, he's so lackadaisical and calm and then he's hulking angry. And I liked sort of the sequence building up to that where they're like smashing furniture and then Toady gets smashed. And then they go backwards, and no one will give them, like, anywhere to hide, because I thought there was some nice symmetry there. Yeah, I just want to point out that uh, Gunther is voiced by Chris Sullivan. So, for those of you who don't know, he's uh, he stars on This Is Us. So, I remember at the time that the promos really wanted to emphasize that. Oh, really? Just, oh, really? So, like... They really highlighted so much just for this one-off character <laughs> never appears again. Yeah, I, really? Yeah, I remember there was a there was a promo where they showed like Sprig and Anne heading over to his house, and then like him opening the door and him saying a few lines, and that was the end of the clip. Wow, <laughs> I don't even know. Advertise that star power. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just 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 for his only appearance in the show. Hey, hey he appeared in the. The yeah, man the dance, the right? picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the picture. I, I, I guess he got that. Like, I, I was surprised that he was there. Honestly, like, I was like, 
Really? Like what, 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 like, what actual connection did he even have with these two besides trying to murder them? Like, I, I guess it taught Sprig a lesson. Like, I, I don't even know. Like, it, this is, it's sort of like a self-contained episode, really. Like, it, it introduces a problem for Sprig that he just, that just gets resolved within the same episode. I mean, I guess Sprig learns to be a, a little more cautious when it comes to his stuff and what he's planning on like, giving others, but like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure how this one just, you know, how this particular episode just pushes these characters forward. Honestly, I mean, it, it does give us, it does give us like chill time with Anna Spring. So, like, I, I can never complain. I, I just love seeing these two work together. Yeah, I, I think Pixel, Pixel, what, oh. what were your thoughts on this segment? Sorry, okay. I liked it. Uh, I found, of course, the humor was good. It had some really nice expressions, especially for Sprig. I don't know why, but they just, and they animated him. Very the like over dramatic expressions, over dramatic reaction. It was just funny to see him be all over the place like that. I don't know, kind of like what uh, what people have already said is a lot of the episodes in season one. They of course a lot of them are just conta- self contained one off, but usually they uh, have connection or they do stuff with the townies and they um, kind of explore and they grow on the thing. But I feel like this episode didn't really add or do much for the characters and normally you know with the continuity it'll be like the a townie that we've seen many times before and well we did have some cam- cameos of some guys in the the sequence where he was running over and smashing things over and sprig was saying like what was was it you like the gunther guy he shows up once he never gets mentioned again so I feel like this this episode was kind of very self contained and it, it's funny, but it really didn't have much effect on the like growth of the characters. I don't think. Yeah, like, I just because yeah, that that's just when Amphibia's really at its best, you know, like the explore exploration of the characters around them and just character development in general. Like like when it when it's not here, like I just like it wasn't bad, but. It, it, I, I really missed it. Like for episodes like Hot Popular, I mean, we went from like Hot Popper to this sort of self-contained episode, and I, I, it just felt dry to me. Just not being able to like think about, hey, how does this develop the characters, or like what else do we learn about the town or anything? It's yeah, it's, it's a well, sort of its own thing. I wanna, I wanna make a point, but before that, like I just want to get Rad. What were your thoughts on this segment? Uh, I think, I mean, my thoughts are pretty much the same as everyone else's. Is that, it, is that it's it's a pretty standard episode where Anne introduces a, a foreign concept to Sprig, and then Sprig takes it a bit too far. And um, and uh, going and uh, to kind of continue what Nick said about the lesson that Sprig learned. I think that I think that coupled with Sprig's love for Ivy, I think it kind of makes sense in the context of the episode. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's some pretty good gags. Like the uh, yeah, and um, Gunther is a pretty fun character, and uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't I don't really have any more to say honestly. It's a pretty standard episode that isn't amazing, but it's fine, I guess. Yeah, well, I will admit, I will admit, Gunther, or how are you saying his name? Was it Gunther or Gunther? Like, whatever. I mean, him hulking out, that was fun. Like, 
him hulking out and saying he's going to kill them. That, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny, honestly. I gotta say, I gotta say, I gotta say, I don't think, um, I don't think NS Brick got a proper comeuppance. I mean, they literally trashed this guy's house and and only gave him a freaking no donut. Yeah, and it was licorice, right? <laughs> yeah, they yeah, gave, licorice. They gave like the worst yeah, type of and injury. Yeah, in the, like Rad was mentioning, it's very much and Sprague in the trouble, which we've seen a lot already um, in season one. Um, I mean, she's quicker to realize something's going wrong and trying to stop it than she was before. But, like, compare with, like, Toe Tax when she's, like, actively helping the people. Um, as opposed to this, where she's sort of just ineffectually whining. It certainly grows from the start, but nothing, like, in this episode itself marks a turn. Yeah. I, I do want to point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see where you're going. Oh, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Pickle. All right. Something uh, I think a couple people mentioned this before the episode actually started, but something interesting is that usually Sprig would be kind of like the nice guy in the situation, all cutesy and trying to help things, and then Anne would be kind of angry, but they did something interesting with having their roles reversed with Sprig being the bad cop, because the most obvious solution would be Sprig being the good cop, but instead they had to kind of show his more angry side a little bit. You know, that, that is true. It's, it's true. That's true, but... I guess that's also what made Sprig really funny in this episode. Like you, we, I mean, no one would ever expect this level of anger from a kid like him, honestly. Like, so it, it was something else to see him like slap the shit out of his fiance's father like that, and then like, <laughs> God, then, <laughs> then try yeah. to burn his apron. I mean, Christ, Sprig. Like he went. I don't know. <laughs> like I was laughing when he was slapping, but then like. When he tried to burn the apron, like that's where I was just like, "Jeez!" <laughs> I was thinking he went way too far there. I wouldn't be surprised find, if. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I did find it funny. There's like a baker's code of like keeping your bread confidential. <laughs> like like, like yeah. normally expected in the cops to be like a priest and confession or something like that, or like you don't, or like a drug dealer or whatever. But no, it's just the baker doesn't. Just just the baker. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Baker. And I like that. I mean, I guess Brit. Oh, go, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Rad. Go ahead, Rad. It's okay. Are you there? Rad? Rad! <laughs> no, no, it's just a throwaway joke. Just go ahead. No, 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 you go. <laughs> no, seriously, it was just a throwaway joke. Oh, okay, okay. I was just uh, I was just looking at the scene where where Anne is trying to get like Sprig angry, and it's like when when he when she brings up that uh, she's like, think about what the thief took from you, and then you can see Sprig like, legitimately like something like dies inside yeah. him. Yeah, something <laughs> just, like, snapped in him. Like <laughs> something snapped about the kid right there. I don't even know. Like, like I, I, I guess it. Maybe you can say it shows how far Sprig will go for his loved ones or something. I, I don't know. But he just snapped. Like, he went from being, like, the nice, 
the nice, adorable kid to like this monster. This <laughs> other on that one scene. I, I guess it shows what Anne can bring out of him. Like he, I don't know. <laughs> she, she can. I, I, I guess maybe if I had to create some kind of really nice thing about the say the say about the episode is that the like, Anne and Sprague really can pull out these. I'm not gonna say good parts of them, good parts of each other, but like maybe like. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they empower each other at least. Like, I just want to say something nice about the episode, like I say about the others, but like, I'm just struggling here. Chuck, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the segment? Uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, I liked the Spriggan and Dynamics uh, in the episode. Uh, I thought Gunter was a funny character, and I liked, I especially liked the uh, beginning with the Anne sipping her, like, coffee. Or tea, I think it was. Uh, and Sprig just waiting for her to finish. So yeah, that was. That was yeah, you know that, that was actually pretty nice because like it, it just sort of shows that like maybe in a way that Anne's really just getting used to living here. Like she now she can appreciate like what the sunrise and amphibia. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, I feel like maybe if you just really pause and just try to take a look at this episode, it, there there are like really nice things. In it. So, but yeah, no, it was it was a really cute moment. Just seeing Sprig, just standing there politely, his hands folded together, just waiting for Anna to be done. That was, that was really yeah, cute. yeah, yeah. Like, yes. how did she turn? Like, how did she turn this polite kid into this monster? This episode, like, sheesh. Yeah, it's like a lot of one B episodes where Sprig is just a savage. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Family fishing trip is still the best out of those. Like, I feel like it's. I feel like it's him as sure, sure. It's it, it's him. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's spring out as arguably worse in that season. But like, it's also really funny. It's also really. Funny. I think that's what saves it for me. Yes. He literally has like a frame where he looks like the Grinch. Pretty sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it, it was. He was kind of a, a jerk in it, but not, like in a charming way. So you know. It's not unbearable enough to be unlikable. You, know, you, you can still laugh at him or with him, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He never, yeah, he yeah. never pushes it to the point where I'm just like, where, yeah, where I just hate seeing him on screen. Like he, he can still be pretty funny and adorable. So yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, Spring is like an interesting character in that he's very, very full of emotion, and usually it comes out in him just being very excitable and just distracted by everything and happy-go-lucky. But also, like, if he feels like, if he feels like, uh, he's very good at like, if he thinks that something isn't right, like if he thinks there's something that him or someone close to him should have that they're not getting, he's got a very strong sense of like justice almost and it comes out here when he's like hey that's my moon shell i gotta fight for it which wasn't the best way but like it also is very good sometimes like in in reunion when he stands up for Anne, when she can stand up for herself mm. yeah that's true that's true yeah yeah i mean can't wait until we get to reunion go talk about that so i mean there's gonna be a lot of say yeah i guess All right, now i'm forgetting what i was gonna say about spray Wait, what was I gonna say? Like, I like how Sprig kind of reminds you of like, he's like a less refined version of Hop Hop. It's like when we when we see the Hop Hop episodes, like Hop Hop has his morals, and then eventually, like when he sacrifices them, he becomes like the force of nature. But then, like, 
Sprig in this case, like, he, he can't, like, overcome an obstacle. But then, like, you see Hop Hop, like, he, he can, like, he'll, he'll finish the job, but then, like, his moral compass, like, will, like, kick in at the last moment. But with Sprig, it's like, Sprig will die unless he, like, he owns up to it or gets help. <laughs> yeah, the only, oh, Sprig. Yeah, the only... Yeah, the, the only time he actually turned around was when he was about to die. That's actually a good point. <laughs> I think I think you're, you're, you're yeah, <laughs> you really are right. Like like Pickle was, wasn't you said it like they didn't really get their no no it was Rat yeah yeah Rat said like yeah they didn't really get their confidence in this episode at all. Like they they just they just almost died and they're just like oh oh shoot oh no we made a mistake here please forgive us and that was that was literally donut like, yeah, here's a here's a terrible tasting donut <laughs> sorry about that sorry we trashed your house and possessions we're not gonna pay for it like i don't even know they did kind of get what they deserved when like they're like running to everyone's house help us there's someone oh, chasing true. us and they'll just slam the doors on them yeah don't he kick them i was okay i don't i don't know why but like i was just the, the scene where tony just Nails them far across the town. That's just in my head for some reason. Like, how did he? Do, how did that little frog do that? Or sorry, Toad. I like, called frog. He had that Toad even. Do he that. had the strength. He had the ability to kick two people with one kick. At the yeah. same time. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, why did he? He should have done something in reunion. Then I don't know what he was doing. Toad's over. Yeah, like Toad still's bringing him down a some itch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Toad still holds him back. Guru. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, and even like that scene, like that brief scene where they're like harassing Tony, and then Tulsa's just like, just let it happen. Yeah, just let it happen, Tony. Like, oh, that was top comedic timing because it went like smashed. I forget who all the characters were, but they smashed chairs and vases and all that, and then he just kicks over Tony. (laughs) Very. Uh, The fact just Tulsa just doesn't give a shit about Tony, like. He just doesn't care. <laughs> uh, that, that, that one joke in, uh, I think it was Return to Wartwood, so when he was like using him as a shield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like wait, but yeah, what he's did he say? Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, 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 he's Tony would have yeah. died. There's no, there's no excuse for that. Like he would have just died right there. And he still wanted to go to vac- on vacation with him. Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, watch yeah. be, no, watch them have like a super emotional origin story. Like, like imagine we get like, <laughs> like maybe maybe imagine. maybe Toad still saved oh, maybe. from poverty or something. Maybe someone. Maybe, like, will, maybe there will be like another episode with Toad in the title, and then people will. Well, oh, you know, I said it would be about Sasha, but but oh, but it's God. actually about the origin story of Tosul and Toadie. Yeah, it's gonna be called no Toad Origins. Like we're gonna think it's gonna be a crime episode, right? Like, like this past, but yeah, def- definitely a Sasha. So. <laughs> you know, it would be even funny if they had like Sasha and Grime for like one scene, like you know the scene in Maddie and Marcy where like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, they're not in the episode. Like they yeah. do that with Sasha and Grime, like they're watching Suspicion Island or something, and like isn't it annoying when episode titles are misleading or something? Dude, that oh, okay, I would love that. That would that would be perfect. I'd love that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we may be exhausting our. Well, 
I just wanted to point out, like, this episode does technically, like, have, like, I wouldn't say a lasting effect, but... Oh, the like, shell? Yeah, like, Ivy, like, really, like... Like, Ivy remembers this moment enough to, like, really want the... I think it was the... Red... Utopian... Oh, sorry, the the red sun, sun shell or sun's something yeah. else. Yeah, I, I... And then, like... Hmm. And then when Sprig finds out about that, then, like, Sprig's like, you know, screw telling the truth. We got a lot. <laughs> yeah. And just, well, it's guess... interesting to see that, like, shell, that, that sh- the shell once again, like, makes Sprig stray from the path, I guess. <laughs> Dang, no, he's never gonna learn. Little frog's never gonna learn. If they had like a callback to this episode, season three, like I don't know when Sprigs off on Earth, Ivy being sad and like holding the moon shell. Oh, that's that's gonna be oh, sad. My. That's gonna be sad. Man. Why can't they be happy? Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll, we'll, it's just it's like well, it's like well, Matt said, right? Like go for all this pain just to see them at their best. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. One, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know anymore. After what you colors did, I don't know anymore. I mean, before we move on, like, hopefully Gunther comes back, at least because apparently, like, he could technically be a good help in a fight if whatever needed it. Yeah, at least in, like, a crowd shot. Yeah, maybe, you know, yeah. What Woodians are doing yeah. in the big final battle. Yeah, what, what, was, he, what was he doing at Reunion, man? Like, it's clown. What, what was he doing at reunion? He could have probably could have just like flicked Sasha off the tower. Well, he lives in the woods. Maybe he didn't go to the party. Oh, poor guy. That's actually kind of Maybe sad. they kicked him out of town after right. he like tried to kill two children over a licorice donut. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, but then he was in the Battle of the Bands episode, so I guess they didn't run him out of town. <laughs> I don't know. No, he snuck in. He snuck in for the, he snuck in for the party. He's in the end of the chat. Yeah. He just, I don't even know. Like, I, 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 I guess he's a, he's a funny character. That's all I'm going to give him. He's not like, he's not, he's nothing more than just like a funny little Hulk parody. All right, wait, what, what was his yeah. reaction? No, what was his frog species actually? Because I know they mentioned something. Like, it was Southern Tusk Frog. Southern Tusk Frog. Okay. No, I just love. I just. I just love the fact that Amphibia does that. It, it brings like these frog species into the show. So I'm mistaken. Like maybe they took. Like where did they get the idea from the Hulk out? Like like. like can these tusk frogs do that themselves? <laughs> like like maybe double in Imagine. size. Like, angry? <laughs> Imagine that. Like I, I let me just look. Let me just look them up on a Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. So they're the second lar- largest frog in Australia. Oh, okay. That's why then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They have like, and they have the tusks on them too. Jeez. So they weren't even kidding. I mean, yeah. Like everything in Australia is a bit uh, extreme. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's just like they're associated with dams, ditches, flooded grassland, and creeks and rainforests. I, I guess they sort of set up. I guess they sort of set up his house like that, right? Like it was like in the woods, like a musty area. There's some water here and there, right? Like I, I think they see. That's pretty nice. I, I like the fact that he, they clearly did a research for this. Honestly, 
Even so, yeah, he bases a one-off character. They all they put the asset they needed to. Yeah. So I guess I think we've covered most of Broken Punishment. Yep. No, so I was surprised think... we were actually able to talk about it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think you going. I'm, go. I, no, no, no. I, I'm not surprised. Like, covered a decent amount. And then before we cover the next segment, I just wanted to ask, uh, like, our, our newest guests, like, starting with Pickle, how did you find out about Amphibia? What were your, what are your general thoughts on on the show? Did it change over time, or did it relatively stay, stay the same? Uh, well, I found out of Amphibia through the pandemic. I was because I didn't have much to do. I was binging a lot of shows, and I went. I got. I went to. I went to Owl House because other people who watched Shira said it was also good. And then from Owl House, I found Amphibia because it was the sister show. And then uh, I didn't really expect it to like it the amount I liked it because I've never been super active in fandoms. But I guess Amphibia was the thing that finally made me think, man, I I gotta find a community around this. I guess uh, season one, I was never, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I like season one, but I was never super like hooked on it. I was like, man, this is a fun show until, until reunion. And then I got, I got really into it. Of course, season one is always better over rewatches, in my opinion, just because you can go back and see, oh yeah, I remember the characters being like this. And you can see everything that kind of ties into all the foreshadowing. And then uh, as the kind of plot built up, I found a lot of theories around it and I just wanted to be able to share them. So I joined a Discord around it and then I ended up here. And we're glad to have you, Pickle. Yeah, you're doing a great job today. And how about, how about you, Rad? Like, how did you find about Amphibia? And like, what were your general thoughts on it at the time? And how have they changed? found out about it from social media, I think. I think when the press release first came out, like when Amphibia at the Owl House was first announced at the same time. And yeah, I thought it was, I thought it might be a cool show. It looked, it looked cool. So um, yeah, I watched season one as it aired in 2019 and I thought it was all right. Like I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't like a show that left that left an impression on me. Like even even after reunion, I still thought, oh yeah, this is a show. This is a cool show. This might this might get better as it goes along. But yeah, it wasn't until um, I joined the L House Discord and in turn the Amphibia Discord where where I started to feel more invested in the show because. You know, after talking to lots of people in the community about the show and discussing the characters and the plots and the theories surrounding it, it made me made me feel especially <clears throat> more interested in it. So season two rolls around, and and sure enough, it got better. It was it became one of my favorite shows of all time. I think I just love like. Yeah, like what, 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 like what Pickle said, really, um, how each character progresses, like slowly but surely, it's getting to that, to, you know, to a point of excellence. 
and it all culminated, culminated in two colors. And yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you, Rad. Yeah, like, it's definitely interesting, like, looking back at these episodes. And the show's come a long way. Yeah, sure, for sure. Yes, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll steal away from anything, but yeah, just when I watched the show for the first time two years ago, like, I never would have imagined that like it would have this like you know level of depth and like structure to it that we could actually like talk about for like hours on end. Like, I, I never imagined like something like that for Amphibia two years ago. But here we are now. Yeah. Done a great job. It used to be a funny frog show. Yeah, it used to be a funny frog show. You see, that, that's what I was going into. Yeah, <laughs> some of sometimes. Like, going into the show, I was just thinking, oh, nice, and a low-key show after all this stuff. Okay, that's pretty cool. We won't, we, won't, we won't go anywhere. There's not going to be that much depth. I'm cool with that. Just give me a funny frog show. Yeah, this looks like a there. very safe show. Yeah, very Disney-friendly. <laughs> yeah. Here we are, like, 40 episodes later, and suddenly it's like... Doom, death, and gloom, but in a really fun way. In a really, yeah, actually, yeah. That's a good way. That's a good way to call. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, but it's also just really sad. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much every animated show today, isn't it? Fun, but also sad. Well, the serious point, the serialized ones, anyway. Yeah. So I think we can move on to Trip to the Archives. So this next segment was written by Michelle Cavan, storyboards by Jen Strickland and Steve Wolfhard, and directed by Bert Yoon. Animation was by Sunmin Image Pictures. So the episode starts off with all the planners on Bessie, and they're taking a trip to the uh, historic Wartwood Town Archives. So Hopop mentions that the ice around the uh, the valley is going to start melting in about a week, and then eventually they'll be able to leave the valley and find Anne a way home. But then before that, they're all going to do some research. But then, so Sprig is not happy about going to the library just to read books when they should be uh, they should be getting more hands-on experience with more adventures. But then. And recalls and recalls the times where maybe going going in blind into an adventure wasn't always the best option to get those like quick cutaways. So then uh, Anne and Polly agree with Hop Hop and then they head down into the into the archives and then Sprig reluctantly follows. So we get into the archives, we get this really nice this really nice uh, like library setting underground. And then like they find out that the founder of this archives is originally like the guy's house, but then like once he tried leaving the valley, he like died immediately. <laughs> so then like part of the part of the archives is that like it's a, the door has a special like sun time sunlock, where basically like once. Like once the sun set, then the door will like lock itself, and that's like that's how it works, <laughs> I guess, in Vibia. So then, 
they all decide to do the research. Uh, Sprig tries to. Uh, Sprig is being a little bit distracting for Anne, and then like Anne just tells him to like to go away and read a book. So then, uh, <laughs> Sprig, uh, Sprig gets a, a very terrible plan. And he decides to steal the lens on the, like on the door, basically trapping all the planners inside. So he pretty much immediately fesses up, like he confesses that he he's the one who who did it. But then he accidentally just steps on the glass lens and destroys it, effectively locking the planners in. So we get this montage of a. Uh, we, we get this montage of uh, them trying to like figure out different ways to get out. Like they try digging a hole, and a bunch of worms come out. Uh, like what else did they do? Like they try to like they try to reflect like the the ray of light, and they end up burning the place down. Like not burn. They didn't burn the place down. They just burned a bunch of books. And then eventually they start uh eventually they start building like a tower. To like get to the the sun like the sun roof not the roof yeah basically the roof because there's like a little bit there's a little hole where like the sunlight would shine through so then eventually Anne manages to get like halfway through and then uh, the tower of books falls and then Anne realizes she's stuck and a bunch of cicada giant cicadas come out and uh, are kind of hungry so in this moment uh, like. The planners, or Sprig uh, specifically, realizes that if this was someone's home, there was probably a bathroom and piping. And then eventually he, they find the bathroom, Sprig goes to the pipes, and then he just pops out out of a Felicia's, uh, a Felicia's like restaurant or Felicia's store, and just runs back to help Anne. And then eventually the planners come along too. The planners go through the pipes as well. And then the the episode ends with basically so even though like Spring managed to solve the day like Anne and the planners like remind him that like Anne going home is not the same kind of ventures they've had before it's a little bit more there's a lot more stakes to like t stakes to this kind of journey that they've committed themselves to and then Spring like agrees at the end that he should probably like do some research. That's pretty much like the lesson of the story. Then eventually, like Sprig and Anne hug, and then they fall and fall through the skylight. And then that's trip to the archives. So yeah, I I really like this episode. I think this was the stronger. This was the stronger Sprig episode, which surprisingly we got like back to back Sprig, which is a good thing. He is the main character, and. Yeah, the, the very beginning, like very early on, when I, I remember when I first watched this, like this segment basically pointed out this the segment basically reminds the audience that we're not gonna stay in Warwood forever. So then yeah, it was really nice to get that and Anne's very eager to like actually learn. It feels like she's learned a bit from her time in Amphibia. And 
that's all I have to say for now. I guess, uh, Rad, what, what were your thoughts on this on the segment? Um, I, I agree that this is definitely stronger of the two Sprick episodes. Um, uh, it's nice to see Anne's vulnerability about wanting to go home. You know, she clearly, she's clearly she, she has clearly learned how to be, you know, more patient and less idealistic. So that's nice. Um, and it's also, it's also, um, I like how, I like the floor, bits of floor sprinkled throughout, like the archives that was built by a newt, I believe. Or, um, you know, like hints about the outside world beyond the valley. And uh, it also has some nice gags, like um, Anne getting stuck in the sunlight and being attacked by the cicadas and the planners having to go through the, the toilets. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I like that, the, like the beginning gag, that beginning joke where like, Hop of it, Hop Hop's ex explaining the dangers of amphibia, and then like, like we see that happen, like basically like on screen. <laughs> that was just a nice moment. Uh, Pickle, what what were your thoughts on this segment? Uh, I like this. I also I really like the archives. I feel like I hope that the location comes back again. It's kind of like the. Um family shrub episode where they unveil this huge location that looks very very intriguing and then they kind of pack it up and don't mention it again but you kind of really really hope that they're going to bring it up again because bizarre bizarre brought, got brought up again and it easily could have been a one-off episode so i hope that they revisit the location of the archive sometime in season three or bring up what they learned there or something like that yeah there's gonna be some interesting information that was censored by Andrews because there's a lot of missing pieces in his library in including you know the calamity buffs obviously so yeah it might be interesting to revisit that yeah i want to add on to what pickle said about like family shrub we had this, this kind of similar thing where like the planners or the where the kids basically like go underground and that's when like Warwood has a lot, like, underneath the surface. And, I don't know, I just, I, I, I know it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not uncommon in, like, media where you have, like, where, where the deeper you go, like, the more, like, the more different the setting becomes. Like, I think we've had later on in the series where the whole castle, like, Newtopia Castle's basement had like that same kind of vibe but for Warwood specifically i really liked how like Warwood seems like this average town but then like when you go underneath like you see like you really see like how much history the town has but it's not really on the surface i guess uh Uzbek, so what were your thoughts on the segment I really like this one. This is, I think, one of the stronger ones in season one. I liked the gags at the start, although Hop Hop said there was one week until the pass opened, which was just wrong. 
um, when you look forward. But I really like well, Gag. I really like Sprig. Uh, I was fine with Sprig sort of things. I liked Pop Pop reading a book about older than the old ways. Polly discovering a book on weapons. But uh, the real highlight was Anne's sort of emotional. When she's willing to put aside her normal reckless behavior, she's willing to put it, the work into study because she just wants to go home. When she has sort of the mini breakdown, when she's stuck and it looks like she's going to get eaten by cicadas, just her like she she's stuck in a frog world. She doesn't. It's a reminder that she may have been acclimating, but she still wants to go home and she still doesn't like being stuck here. And like the fact that she tells off Sprig is very interesting and reflects her growth as a self-assertive person to her friends. Yeah, like Anne Anne mentions how like like when she's stuck in the hole, like she mentions how like she tried doing everything like the right way and she's still getting punished and you kind of feel for her in that moment. Uh, Chuck, what were, what were your thoughts on this segment? Uh, I thought it was a good episode. Um, I liked the, uh, I thought the Sprig, uh, yeah, I think this was the better Sprig episode. Um, I liked each of the planters, like, mini adventures in the library. Uh, I liked the ending, like, where they go through the toilet. It's certainly, I guess, unique, even though it's pretty gross. The scene with Sprig walking through the... <laughs> Through the like <laughs> ladies' place thing and like yeah, Felicia's place, yeah, Felicia. yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Uh, and I like how it ended with like uh, basically them telling Sprigo, yeah, we can have all these goofy adventures, but like this is this time the, the there's dangers outside of the valley that are unlike our past adventures. And like after like season two, like uh, Hop Hop certainly wasn't kidding. When he was talking, yeah, yeah, he 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 wasn't joking. He was really not messing around. Oh, I just wanted to bring up that uh, even though Hopout mentions that we're like the ice was like a week away from melting, I think later in I think the beginning of Bizarre Bizarre, they they actually do they actually do try revisiting like the edge of the valley, I think, and then it, the ice is still covered over. And then Hopout's like, oh yeah, it's taking longer than I thought. Oh yeah, that's true. So, like, so it's, yeah, it's might, not yeah, out, total yeah. continuity error. Yeah, but I'm not you sure can, why we can just complain. We can just complain about spring if you want to talk about continuity <laughs> errors. So just complain about spring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nick, what, what were your thoughts on this segment? Um, you know, honestly, I just. I just really agree with what's already been said here. Definitely, like, definitely like the better Sprig segment here. Um, I really like. Actually, I really, really like what Uzbek said about like Anne's gruff here because I never really, I never, I didn't even think about it myself here. Like she was generally, you know, trying to be a more mature and level-headed person here, deciding to like, you know, sit down and focus instead of just letting, I guess, team antics happen here. And it, it, it honestly, it, it does suck that like she still got like. The worst deal out of this episode, like I, I the cicada set this the the cicada. I don't even know how to say that. The cicada, whatever. The, the cicada scene was it was like funny, but like it was, all, it was also just really terrifying to me because I just like I hate bugs. So like just the idea of them gigantic bugs just, just running towards my face, like that, that's terrifying. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is a definitely. Yeah, definitely one of season one's better episodes. It, it was just really good. I I do hope that the archives are like a location we go back to because like this was sort of something I was like talking to you know talk about like one day like just about how Warwood is really just tied to like Amphibia's ancient history here. I mean, we have like the song "Back and Return the Warwood." Like I, I forgot how it went, but like the idea, the general idea is like this has been established like a long time ago, along with like all the different all the spe- guess, different like species yeah all the different yeah, like, yeah how like, they played a role in like yeah like what's creation yeah so like, yeah what was just so yeah you can tell like even even besides archives we also just have like the planters like whole labyrinth of knowledge and whatnot so like war yeah, i think yeah. there's definitely a lot more of the war with like we know currently so i'm hoping season three just you know finally gives oh, us the yeah. answer we've been looking for yeah, and in, I'm pretty sure the first temple, Marcy says, like, the house is, like, more than a thousand years old. Oh, yeah, more than a thousand, second, yeah. second century or something. Yeah, yeah something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she got, like, cut off or something. Yeah. Dang it. God dang it. <laughs> that happens way too much. You know, like, like you remember how, like, yeah, Sadie Kroger just cuts off Sprig in the middle. And we had to, like, someone had to replay that song over and over again just to... Yeah, just to listen out, like, to, like, the, yeah, just get to the second Yeah, because Sadie Kroger just... Because we didn't know what was going on, right? She had to spell out that they were coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I guess Trips to the Archives is a, is a really good episode. I just, I, I do like the fact that, like, it, it does sort of set up their trip in Utopia, right? I mean, this is where... This is where you can say they really gather their knowledge and like where they well well they like oh, I guess they gather not I guess they <laughs> gather knowledge from this place that like they would be getting better knowledge from Utopia or something because like they it's like what Hop Hop said right like it has like the smartest Utopia has like some of the smartest, smartest individuals in yeah smartest Amphibia, people yeah. in Amphibia so yeah I'm thinking like this is probably where they just really started figuring out where they should go for their journey to get and back home yeah they started drawing the maps. Yeah. Yeah, up until this point, it's kind of like we know that at some point, well, the whole point of the thing is that at some point, the ice will not, they got to leave the valley. Her goal is to get back home. So, of course, she's going to do that. It's the plot. But yeah. that's this is the first time it really feels like a point that isn't just some yeah. ways in the distance. This is when they're actually talking about doing it and getting ready to do it. It's yeah. on the horizon. Yeah, and like, uh, I like how I think it was back in back in Anne versus Wild, like Sprig promises Anne that they're gonna find a way to take them home, and then now like you're seeing that follow up here, like the planners agreeing to help Anne didn't just it wasn't immediate. It was mostly like once they spent some time together, then like the planners are willing to go through all of this, like all this trouble to get Anne home because she's like. She's part of the family now. Yeah, like, and, wow. damn. No, I didn't think about the genius. That's that's genius. I did not think about that. That's because Anne versus Wild is like is the yeah, most um, episode. Uh, calm the down. Calm. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's really good. It, well, no, it, it's good. It's good. I like it. It has a really great setup. I'll, I'll give it that. Because, yeah, that is so true, actually. Yeah, be wow. Yeah, because Anne. Yeah, wow. Because like, Anne was straight up just mostly, living in their house. Like, she was just straight up living in their house. Like, they didn't start making plans together until she showed them the box. 
promised they'd find something out there for her. Like they never really talked. Hell, they they had no clue how yeah, Ian got here, right? Like, I mean, the original no. plan was just she'd stay yeah. there until yeah. uh, until so, the valley melted, and then she'd be on her way. It was just kind of yeah. They were somewhere. you guys seem nice enough. Right? Yeah, they were dumb. Wow. At least Thinking without the bug, because uh, Hop Hop buried it. Yeah, I don't think she's ever told them she stole the music box. She she hasn't. Yeah, she hasn't told them yet. Yes, um, they might have picked it up when Marcy started breaking down in true colors. So there, there was a lot going on, and they may have, but I don't think they she ever told them that you know I sort of stole the music box. Like the only time she she kind of hinted it at it in like. Season one, episode like not episode two, like the very oh, first episode. Right. Best yeah, friends. Yeah, I'm not sure Sprig quite connected. Yeah, yeah, but Sprig didn't probably didn't like connect the dots because and was being pretty vague about it. And like Sprig didn't even know about the music box until like episode six. Yeah, yeah. It, so. it at least hinted to like the audience. Yeah, she got yeah. there. Yeah, it was no. pretty clear. Like very much like telling the audience, yeah, this is this is where we're going with this. Yeah. So imagine we get a follow up to that scene. You know, just that'd be pretty cool if Sprig just brings up that conversation they had all like six, yeah, six months ago. It's basically like they've been, yeah, they've known each other for that long now. Yeah. And uh, like I think in Vestrons, they never actually say the word steal. They just say like take. And then That's like one of those weird SMP. But then, but then in the second temple, like Valeriana, very like, yeah, she's like very clearly says, "You stole the box." Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what like that's what made that moment hit a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I forget, I think it was Alex Hirsch was talking about it once that a lot of what S and P censors is like stuff kids might replicate, if that makes sense. Like something that'll happen. So like they're very strict about. No, like they have to buckle their seat belts when they're in a car or something. But something like, don't piss off a talk frog. Yeah, <laughs> something that they're good, like you know. And then he goes, "I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <There's> to, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> the last is gonna be. He should have said, like, well, looks like I have some children to turn into corpses. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know how they got away with that. It's crazy. Yeah, that's sort of what he just stopped you. What, you gonna do, cancel me? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh that's true. That's true, actually. Funny yeah. frog show. Uh, but another, I guess another, that show was just doing so well, making so much money that Disney probably laxed up on everything because they yeah. knew it was gonna. Okay, yeah. it's a funny sitcom. Yeah, at a certain point, just they just stopped giving a crap. Just a little funny show. But still, no spin the bottle. Spin the bottle is not SMP approved. approved. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The sort of stuff a kid might do. What I never, what I never got for Amphibia is that like we know that like SMP is very strict about like having showing seatbelts, but then like technically like 
snails. But again, it's the... more like a horse. And... I know they talk yeah, but... about them like cars, but they're not really cars. It's hard to yeah, again... you wouldn't see your favorite character riding on a snail without a seatbelt and think, "Man, I want to ride in my car without a seatbelt." I don't think. Yeah, they're more concerned with things that you know human beings can actually replicate in real life. You know, no one rides a giant snail. Here. Right, but I think the biggest the biggest gray zone was like I think in Truck Stop Polly, where like Soggy Joe's like Soggy Joe basically had like a monster truck, and then like he like stops the brakes and then lets like Polly like fly out of it. <laughs> Do you guys remember that scene? Where, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> right, I could not remember that scene when that episode was done. Like, yeah, but it, it was really was a baby cool. in the front seat, and she wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and it, it looked very much like a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I, guess I guess they just they just they were just loose in yeah. season two, maybe. Like, I, I, no, that was like, let, let's be honest. They they probably forgot um, amphibia existed until colors <laughs> about the air. That, that that's my head can for all that. I don't know how they're just. I guess they're just wildly inconsistent. Like they, I don't know. There's there's no way we're ever gonna know until like I don't know unless they can unless we ever get an interview with them or something. Figure out how they work this works these things out. But I have no clue. Like, I just want to mention again, like, since these were both, like, spring-focused episodes, we got so many, like, perfect, uh, like, perfect re-expressions. Oh, yeah, the Muppet face. The Muppet face. Wasn't that the origin of, like, the Muppet Spring? I feel like that's the first time I've seen it in the, like, show chronologically. That's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I think it it is right, it is right. Yeah, I think it it is. Well, that was the episode before. It was not, uh... The archives, it was Croak and Punishment. Yeah, it's mostly Croak and Punishment. Yeah. Oh, I think funny. Polly makes a, like, a Castlevania reference where she mentions, like, 60 weapons in the Morning Star family. <laughs> yeah, and then the weapons was A to X, so it's spelled out X. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. also, Polly, Polly was reading a book called, uh, like, I think it was like 60 places to put daggers. Because <laughs> oh, Sasha learned from that book. <laughs> How to stuff your armor with weaponry. I think I think um, Sasha would be very interested in that book. Yeah, I'll ruin your friendship even more. <laughs> oh, I like that. And we get that cute shot of like Sprig. Like, have you ever had like some kind of. Uh, I don't want to call it a fence, like a railing, and then like putting your legs in between the in, in between the rail. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was cute. I was like, I was like, he's too, he's too harmless to ever be. Well, okay, he's not harmless, but he's just he's too funny. Spring's too funny for me to ever really get mad at him, honestly. Even when he's being like a complete moron, like I, I can never like be the- mad at Spring. Or when he's being like douchey in the like the dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, because I just, I just love. I was, I do. It was too funny. It was too funny for me even to be mad at him for a second. Like it was just too great. There's only one time I've ever really been angry at Sprig, or angry. I guess I was more angry at the way they were all behaving in uh, in the dinner when he was just like laughing <laughs> about 
uh, haha, remember that time when you fell off a tower? Like, oh, yeah. I can sort of understand hating Sasha enough to laugh at her near-death experience, even though it's just such a dick move. Even so, like, she did try to kill them, but Anne probably got really messed up by that, too, you know? Like, it's was just so time, insensitive. Man. Jeez. It was just one time. <laughs> Jeez, I only tried to kill him once. Jeez. <laughs> that was like twice. That <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I have said it before. Yeah, I really do love the rivalry. Like, I, I just, like, the fact these two are so petty with each other is just great. Yeah. Any, anything else from, uh, from Trip to the Archives? Like, Got we, we we talked about most of the book gags. Uh, I guess uh, the Gravity Falls Easter egg. Oh yeah, <laughs> for like, for, like for, uh, for two frames, yeah. you see you see a book with a hand on it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember like just back then when I, when I didn't really I guess I I didn't have a, like a full grasp on amphibia. Like I I remember I remember just hearing so many people just. Talking about how this oh oh they might be, might be connected to Gravity Falls through this way, like it actually confused me for a second. I was thinking like, hold on a minute, is this show some sort of continuation? Like, like is this actually connected somehow? <laughs> like, it actually put that it actually put those thoughts in my head. I guess I guess I'm sort of ashamed of it now. The only constants in life are death, taxes, and Gravity Falls fan will think that every new Disney show is a continuation of Gravity Falls. That's and true. The, and that ball's still alive. It's never gonna stop. I think life is just life is just a continuation of Gravity Falls, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's no freedom. Life is just a giant Gravity Falls AU fanfic. Exactly. <laughs> I guess I think it's time for some final thoughts. Uh, Chuck, anything? Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up the show? Uh, I I don't I don't know. I guess uh, Sprig, uh, uh, he was I guess uh, despite all his how he acted, he was still I didn't like. Hated him or anything. He was still like tolerable. Uh, uh, I guess I like the Easter eggs, and uh, I like how this is like I think Pickle said how this is like a starting point to to the for the Newtopian like their trip to Newtopia. All right, thank you, Chuck. Uh, Uzbeks, any final thoughts? Like I said, one of the top episodes this season um just really solid all around all right thank you uh rad any final thoughts uh, not much i guess yeah i'm, I'm with specs i guess all right thank yeah you. one of my favorites from season one definitely pickle any final thoughts yeah, I found it really enjoyable. It's like, you got a nice chill episode and then some more juicy bits to go along with it in the second segment, and 
it's also just some nice, you know, a lot of the plots are like Anne and Sprig fuck things up and then they've got to fix it. And it was just a good way of doing it. I, I was entertained by their shenanigans. And then the second episode, kind of same deal, but uh, I found it kind of showed the planners like ability to work together and be together as a family, just working really well. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was, you know, sweet some point, sweet at some points with the spryby. Overall, thought it was a great episode. All right, thank you, pickle. Uh, Nick, any any final thoughts? Um, not a particular value. I, I guess it was something I forgot to mention was that I, I did really like how Hop Hop brought the family back. You know, he he brought the family together here when they're all panicking about being trapped in a room. Hop Hop, like, you know, managed to unify everyone, like, what actually mattered here. And that was about actually getting at you. So, like, I guess I just like that. I just like the fact that he didn't let everyone just endlessly give Sprig crap about his mistake. Because, like, I think Hop Hop just knows he's taking care of kids here and he knows they're going to screw up. And what matters here is the fact that they're all actually able to take responsibility for how they messed up. So, yeah. Besides that, um, I thought this was a really good, I thought, I thought this, yeah, this is a pretty good episode. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I like how before they could all, like, hate on Sprig, like, Hop-Hop just, like, stepped in and, like, wanted them to focus on the situation at hand. And then once they were all out of danger, that's when they gave Sprig the talk. Which, they, they didn't do that. They didn't do that thing where they... Where the character talks about, like, has their... They don't have their epiphany, like, in the middle of the... Yeah, a little middle of danger, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's like what Polly said in dating season, right? Like, I always tell them, save the yeah. emotional moments for when we're out of danger. Like... Yeah, and then we even have that moment in the season two premiere at, at that factory. Like, before it explodes. Oh, all, yeah, like, yeah. Leave the sappy moments until we're yeah. completely out of danger. Chuck saw Polly too. Like, oh no, they didn't. They didn't shoot out Polly until like they were, they were like, yeah, until that like, whoa, that giant chicken ran fly flew. I don't even know, but yeah, yeah, no, it, it was pretty. I I don't know much that they're doing this on purpose, but like, it, it, it is pretty nice to think that they are. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Like overall. Oh, go ahead, pickle. Oh, I just yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. But yeah, like overall, like I liked both these episodes. But it was a very sprig focused uh episode or very sprig focused uh block overall. I think like Trip to the Archives, at least Sprig is not a complicated character, but I think Trip to the Archives just gave a very it, it gave us a little bit more insight. Into Sprig's, uh, I guess Sprig's like need to adventure, and like we'll we'll keep revisiting that like throughout the show and as well, especially in season two when we start moving around a lot more, like like Fort Fort in the Road and then um, uh, the planners check in like Sprig's like constant need to explore sometimes is not always the best decision. But even like the planners admit, the planners and Anne admit, like that he does have a point sometimes, or like that the thrill of adventure is a bit is a good rush. But 
yeah, I think this pretty much concludes this week's recording. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And uh, next week, uh, usually we're covering these season one segments, but depending on what kind of news occurs, like we never know. Like if if next week, if we get some for some by some miracle, if we get like five or six like episode titles like for sure we're going to talk about that but we can always go back to old reliable season one so that concludes this week's recording say goodbye everyone goodbye everyone see ya see ya bye 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 see ya